Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. I'd actually like to take this opportunity to wish... Greg DeMarco Show. Best in all his future endeavors. What is up? A happy Wednesday to you. Welcome to another edition of the Babyface Heel Podcast. It's the Babyface Heel Podcast because there's two sides to every storyline. Now, the way this show works is very simple. My name is Greg DeMarco. I am the heel. Patrick O'Dowd is the babyface, and Miranda Morales is stuck in the middle, forced to be the referee, the peacekeeper, the tweener, and free to choose sides as she pleases. Or that's how it normally works. This week, it's going to have to work just a little bit different. Because knew ahead of time that, that Miranda Morales wasn't going to be here. We talked about that last week on the show. And, and got our good friend, uh, Derek Montiel. We'll bring him on here in a moment to substitute in. And then, last second change, there's no Patrick O'Dowd. Patrick O'Dowd, if you listen to Bandwagon Nerds, he t- I, I hate when podcast. one of my pet peeves about podcasts is when somebody's not there and they say, so-and-so is on assignment. No, we're real people with real jobs who do this for fun. No one's on assignment. Someone has a real life thing or they had to work or they, they you know, whatever, they got tired. Who knows, right? That's just this. They're ducking me. They're du- that's kind of funny, actually. Uh, we can talk about that. Because Patrick will probably listen. Actually, he might not, but I'll tell him to. And and so, so, so no one's on assignment, right? So Patrick O'Dowd, if you listen to, to Bandwagon Nerds podcast, work has been absolutely crushing him, and and it, it got crazier today. And so that's where he is. He's dealing with some work stuff. So he was a late scratch from from the show this week. Should be back next week. Um, I don't even know what the plan is for next week because next Tuesday when we record this show is my birthday. So I don't know what the hell we're doing. Um, <clears throat> I got to figure that out. I don't know. It's a weeknight. So I don't know if anything will be any different. Who knows? But so that's where things are a little bit different this week. You already heard Derek Montia chime in. We'll be introducing him here in a moment. But got to handle some some normal show business. They, of course, Babyface Heal Podcast is part of the Chair Shot Radio Network, which is streaming in well i always say one place and one place only but it's not just one place but a streaming at thechairshot.com always use your head you can follow along with the chair shot on social media at chair shot media of course the chair shot is your home for all things sports entertainment and sports entertainment all that and so much more head on over to thechairshot.com where we remind you to always 
use your head. Of course, these shows stream on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google Podcasts, even YouTube, and so many more. So go ahead and like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review, and, and go out there and tell somebody, man. Tell a friend about these shows. If you love them, tell them why. If you don't like the show, listen, tell a friend anyway. Just tell them, hey, I didn't really like this, but let me know what you think. Maybe they'll like it. Maybe they'll turn you around. And if not, hey, you know what? It was Patrick's fault. He's not here. He can't do anything mm-hmm. about it. So that is it. Normally, at this point, I would tell you to go follow Patrick O'Dowd at Wrestling Realist. That's W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. He's not here, but you can still do that. There's no I in wrestling, but there is one in Realist. I would also tell you to go follow Miranda Morales on the Instagram, but not the Twitter because she's the Twitterless heroine, at the hashtag Miranda. You can follow me, at ChairShotGreg, and you can go over and follow at C-A-P underscore Caveman, that's K-A-V-E-M-A-N, for the man who is actually here, the one and only, Derek Montana. Yeah, that's right, Patrick. You keep ducking me, but I'm going to keep showing up. I'm going to keep waiting for the day. We can finally collide. Greg, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I, thank you. You know, it's so funny. Like, we went so long without ever needing a fill-in, and then you've been on to it the last three weeks. <laughs> in fact, yeah, well, since we've changed the my form- goal of taking over. Since we've changed the format, you've been on as many times as Patrick O'Dowd and Miranda Morales have um, because of, of just, you know, life and, and whatever, and it's just really kind of kind of funny. So, Yeah. That's what happens. They have stuff going on. I don't. I get it. I mean, hey, you know, we do what we got to do, and and we get it done. Here you are. Here they aren't, and and that's really just just the way it is, you know. And and hey, they'll have to get over it. And if they don't get over it, well, you know what? We really don't care. Oh, hey, Mark. But you're here. They're not, and we are going to have a, an absolute blast. By the way, those of you listening, if if you don't recognize that soundbite. That's literally my 12-year-old daughter. I think she was like 10 when she recorded that. But, yeah, I, I had, them, <laughs> had them record a couple of different things. And then my son recorded this one. Suck it, nerd. So we got in. You can even oh, get, wow. You can get a Suck It Nerd t-shirt if you head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shop. But I'll tell you what. I am not going to tell you that because even though Miranda's not here, I literally have a soundbite of her telling you to go order the stuff so let's do that and and we'll do that we'll head to a quick commercial and then derek and i are gonna have some fun so here we go Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is the queen of soft style herself, Miranda Morales, co-host of Chairshot Radio and the host of the Hashtag Miranda Show. And I'm here to tell you where you can find the best t-shirts around. Well, you can find them on ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chairshot. There you can find over 25 different styles, designs, and colors, all in support of thechairshot.com. Don't forget to pick up your Queen of Soft Style t-shirt, but also you can pick up the hashtag Save Tag Team Wrestling, Baron Corbin Sucks, and the OG Cheer Shot t-shirt. So go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Cheer Shot to get your very own t-shirt today. Again, 
That's prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot to get your very own chair shot t-shirt. And don't forget, get in in soft style. I lie, I cheat, I steal. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. All right, we're going to dive in. We've got some fun topics to talk about today, and, and Derek... Um, with his knowledge of the product and everything. It's going to be a good time, so we're just going to dive right in. Uh, Wrestling fans all over the internet are giddy for the partnerships in pro wrestling that are being fostered by AEW, All Elite Wrestling. There was the NWA partnership with Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb, the Impact Wrestling partnership that has seen crossovers by Kenny Omega, the Good Brothers, Private Party, and others, and now the New Japan partnership with Kenta appearing on Dynamite to take out Jon Moxley and now teaming with Kenny Omega on the Wednesday edition of Dynamite. Derek, how do these partnerships, in your opinion, impact the business as a whole? I think it just makes it exciting. I think it adds a level of, like, crossover that we're not typically, or we don't typically think we'll see, right? Uh, At the core, this wrestling used to be a territory system where things like this happened all the time. It wasn't that uncommon, and they... They kind of kept their own rosters, but then knew what they were doing when when someone was an attraction and went over to a different territory, different promotion. Uh, WWE changed the rules on all of that, right? WWE basically bought everybody up, and they 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 made the wrestling ecosystem fall underneath their umbrella. That's why we have the two shows and NXT. That's why Evolve is kind of wrapped up in WWE and all of that. I think that for a while there, they were able to kind of perpetrate that same level of excitement within WWE. But once we've seen it, it's not exciting anymore. You know, once you know promotions work together or with WWE in the case of WWE, it's the, you know, it's, it's the NXT SmackDown raw crossover thing. It's, it's still exciting at times, but it's still not the same level of exciting as seeing the AEW champion, Kenny Omega show up on impact. And then have this storyline kind of crossover where the Good Brothers are now coming over from Impact as their tag team champions and appearing on AEW television. And, you know, the turmoil between them and the Young Bucks and Kenny, there's a lot going on there. But more than anything, it feels like anything can happen. It feels like dream matches can happen. It feels like any promotion can get involved with this. Realistically, AEW is doing a very smart thing with including these other promotions it's you know kenny omega is the triple a champion he's the AEW champion he's kind of going on this quest for gold similar to what we saw the the hardy boys do when they were still in in impact wrestling i dig it i think it's just fun i think wrestling is this weird thing where it's you know the the separation is merely by perception it's merely by companies making these rules themselves and i mean i like the fact that that this is kind of crossing over wwe is never going to be beat by any company at this point wwe has grown uh to a stature where they they are just not even considered to be somebody that other promotions can duel with when they do stuff like this though it feels kind of like well maybe maybe 
maybe all the promotions can kind of gang up together and do fun stuff that make them as a whole seem more interesting or, or as interesting as WWE, even at times more interesting. I don't think WWE can deliver that level of crossover excitement, that level of people showing up on their show and it being this big deal that they're there especially when it's just somebody that was on NXT that's now on Raw or somebody that was on Raw that's now on SmackDown. It's just not that same level of excitement. You're right about that last part there. I mean, when when the whole Saudi Arabia thing happened and talent couldn't get back and we had NXT talent coming over and Adam Cole defending the NXT championship against Daniel Bryan on SmackDown, like that was fun and unexpected. And and the Survivor Series that featured NXT, I think, was fun too. When it's Raw versus it SmackDown... Raw versus SmackDown does literally nothing because they just move them all around. Like, right. especially when the draft is in October and then Survivor Series is in November. It's like, well, three months ago you were on Raw. Now you're on SmackDown. We're a SmackDown t-shirt. Mad at Raw? Like, what? I don't get it. Um, so so that does, that is an advantage they have. It is fun to see Kenta show up. And, and the impact thing, we talked about at length on this program because it was cool to have Kenny Omega go over there. But it made Rich Swan look like crap as a world champion. And and so, you know, because they wouldn't even let him out of the building because the world champion was outside. And and Rich Swan was like, Correct. I'm the world champion. So and then of course he gets pinned by, you know, Kenny Omega. So there's a lot of having to determine whether it's worth it, whether it's not worth it. But I do agree that it's exciting. For their current fans, I don't know that at least not for AEW, I don't know that this really does anything to get them new fans for AEW. I think it helped It helped Impact, but now their ratings are lower than they were beforehand. Uh, it could help the NWA, I guess, but they don't have anything going on right now, so I don't know how that could really help them. Um, new Japan, maybe. It depends if they promote their new TV deal with Roku TV or not. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I don't know. It, it seems like It seems to me like it's exciting for us, but is it really going to be beneficial? I think it takes a little time and I think that it does take that word spreading that stuff is happening. I don't think people acknowledge it as quickly. And I think people now, especially like in my friend group, they get all of their clips from Twitter and other social media sources. So they don't even need to watch the show. They're not going to go watch impact because they just want to see the Kenny Omega segment from impact. And they're not going to really get the full story. I will also say that I watched Impact for a long time. I took a break and I started watching it again recently, right before the Kenny Omega stuff. I was kind of terrified for what was going to happen. And then when I watched the episode of Kenny Omega appearing on Impact, they let me down in the exact same way that I knew they would. I knew that it's kind of like when <laughs> it's like you need to be prepared for getting the eyes on you. Because those eyes, in some cases, are only going to give you one chance. And so it doesn't surprise me that their ratings went down. I don't feel like they put a good episode of Impact out there knowing that they were going to have so many eyes on it. I think that was a big failure. There's plenty of things on the episode I liked and made me laugh. Scott DeMore being all amped about, you know, Kenny being on there and them taking that approach that impact is an inferior show to AEW so that these guys showing up is a big deal. I dug that. I liked the, you know, kind of burying them and having 
Tony Khan appear as kind of a heel in a commercial role. I liked all of that. But the show, the impact stuff, they they showed a bunch of clips. They they showed old matches. They had bad feuds kind of premiered or yeah. or you know on TV. There was a lot of stuff there not to like. So I mean, even someone like myself that was familiar with what was going on, I I watched that episode and knew that was the case. In reality, this entire situation, including the partnership with New Japan, is really just beneficial for AEW. That's what all of this stuff is at its core. AEW really is the only wrestling program that has any kind of ability to be competition to WWE, even though really they're just so far behind that they're they're never going to catch up. It also doesn't mean that there can't be another good wrestling program on tv as well i i don't i don't need wwe to have competition in order to enjoy another wrestling pro promotion i love impact for a long time no matter what they were doing i I watched so much dumb impact wrestling but at times i really found myself enjoying it i found myself telling other people about stuff i was like you got to check out the north and you got to check out these you know like wrestlers here there you gotta you gotta check this show out it's a lot of fun even if you fast forward through a lot of it, I don't care. There's, there's stuff there to enjoy as a wrestling fan. Really. It's just people kind of being fed up with the WWE and their lack of creativity that I understand. And I just kind of try to tell people there's other wrestling out there. If you don't, if you don't, if you're not enjoying that. Yeah. I mean, lack of creativity, uh, but this, like... this promotion, this thing, I I'm with you. I, I, I just find it exciting, but I also don't see it necessarily being a thing for new fans which like you said that's really what it's about this this whole thing almost seems to be like a love letter to (laughs) wrestling fans that are already absolutely devoted to the product versus it being some kind of thing that's going to bring in new fans and i've said it a million times that whole company is one big vanity project. Like, that's what AEW is. That's why Cody's on TV every week. That's why the belts get traded around by the EVPs. Like, that's, you know, even when, when FTR won the tag titles, I was like so excited, and then they lost them to the Young Bucks. And then when the acclaimed rose up, I was so excited, and then they lost to the Young Bucks. Like, seriously, everybody's got to lose the Young Bucks. Um, <laughs> sometimes I look at these things, and I do this with wrestling news too. I say, okay. And the biggest lesson I try to tell people is when something happens in wrestling and you think it's one thing, take a step back and ask yourself the question, what else could this be? All right. Thunder Rosa in AEW as the NWA Women's World Champion, was that really an NWA crossover or was that Thunder Rosa being like, yo, you guys aren't having shows. I'm not making any money. Let me go do this. Serena Deeb's under contract to AEW before she even wins the NWA Women's World Championship. And they needed to get off Thunder Rosa because she didn't want to be there. And they're holding her to her contract, but it doesn't matter because she can still work for AEW because the NWA is not doing anything. The impact thing was just something that Kenny wanted to do. Like Kenny Omega always wanted, he almost signed with Impact instead of AEW. So, and he's come out and said that. And obviously he made the right choice financially, but this is, Kenny's in it for different reasons than a lot of us. That's why Fighter of the First, the original Fighter Fest, the one that was literally, you know, connected with the video game conference that was all him that's all what he wanted to do and 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 it made sense and i actually enjoyed that show um and then now you look at it like 
I think the biggest beneficiaries of that whole thing are going to be private party in the long run. Like that's just, they're showing up on impact. They're probably going to win the impact tag team championships. They probably should. Um, I think it would make sense. They actually feel like more like an impact act to me. That's and, and and I would enjoy that if they did that. And then with Kenta, okay, well, John Moxley's the IWGP United States Champion. We got to get that belt off of him somehow. And oh, Kenta lives in Orlando. <laughs> like it's not really like a crossover. Like Kenta just drove up the road. <laughs> I think a lot of this well, is a matter of convenience. That's splitting hairs. What are you talking about where they live? No, it is. You're right. It 100 is. But I think it's. It's not as big of a crossover. A real true crossover, I think, takes a lot more effort than what we're seeing. And and I think a lot of it is like opportunities that, outside of the impact one, which Kenny pushed with Don Callis, a lot of the other ones kind of fell into their laps and they took full advantage of it, which they should have. I don't think they sought out to be this huge mega crossover promotion. I think they saw an opportunity and took advantage of it. But like you said... It's making the current fans happy. And that's been my complaint about AEW from the jump. What are you doing to grow your audience? And they don't have to grow it yet, but eventually they do. And and yep. that's that's going to be when they sign someone, you know, a big star from WWE, although it's really hard to compete as they keep locking up people to longer and longer contracts. But like you said, I don't know if they should compete with WWE. It just doesn't make any sense for them to compete with WWE. And the NXT thing, everyone tries to compare AEW NXT they're still the third level WWE brand. Like that's not really competing with, with NXT, with WWE. That is the NXT. most mediocre comparison too. Like I understand that they're on the same yeah. night. And I understand from a, a perspective of a wrestling fan, they both provide a similar level of entertainment because much like edge said on NXT, uh, NXT is focused on that W that second W part of WWE right. versus the rest of the promotion being focused on the E, right? I I get that, and that's very true. I just I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you 100. I think AEW is doing a great job at times. Don't get me wrong. I also think that there's times where I watch this show and I'm just amazed that they have so many people signed, and that somehow this was a better position for them than where they were at in WWE. (laughs) I think that there is a lot to be said for people just waiting their turn. I feel like we're seeing that on SmackDown, right? There's a lot of emphasis now in SmackDown on the pure wrestlers, Nakamura, Cesaro, Daniel Bryan, all these guys are kind of coming out and SmackDown just letting them have these feuds and matches together where they're kind of being, you know, they're being in the spotlight yeah, they're not going to get the Roman Reigns, you know, belt because nobody is, but that's fine. They're giving them, you know, an opportunity to come on the show and highlight how good these guys are as professional wrestlers. They're starting to get it. WWE is slow. They've always been slow. They've always been kind of behind when it comes to figuring out what someone is or how good they are. That's why everybody kind of gets buried at first and then eventually, oh, well, now like daniel bryan's champion and now this guy's this or whatever you know uh you have the case of roman reigns where he was pushed where none of us felt like he deserved it and yet now he's the best thing in professional wrestling sometimes it just takes time i think especially that some there. people yeah. are very impatient and i think AEW was very alluring because they were going to pay you the same amount that wwe was or maybe for some people even in some cases more to come over and work you know, one day a week and, and it's all going to be based in Florida. 
you know, you live here and everything's great and everything's easy for you. I just don't think that AEW even knows what to do with this amount of talent they have. And sometimes when I watch the show, I'm just kind of perplexed that they've amassed this collection of, of WWE outcasts and such. I really thought from my perspective that AEW was going to be a different thing. I think the working with other promotions, that's exciting because that's more in line with what I thought AEW was going to do. And I wouldn't be surprised, especially to see the, the partnership with new Japan grow. Like you said, though, that's not even, I mean, realistically ring of honor was doing that for years. So the ring of honor, new Japan partnership was one of those things that occurred in pro wrestling. AEW partnering uh, with New Japan is just going to bring that same type of partnership to you know a national cable television level instead of it being kind of hidden away on Ring of Honor and with the Sinclair networks and all that. I don't know though. I I just think that they can still. And you're, you know what? You piss me off because you're wearing your promoter <laughs> hat. You got on your promoter. F- we call it our smarky fedora on the steelcage.com, but you're wearing your fucking promoter fedora. And the promoter fedora definitely says that you know exactly why these partnerships are happening. These partnerships are happening because you're, you're absolutely right. Opportunity is there. Situations are there. COVID has created this scenario where people need to work and they can't work the same way that they used to Mm -hmm. unfortunately it's you know left people in a bad position aw is doing a great job of taking advantage of that uh and and you're right about kenny but kenny is just a different cat i think that it it definitely is an opportunity thing but you know wwe just has these weird rules that they've created for themselves which tied their hands from ever doing anything exciting outside of their own world that they've created. The AEW possibilities are endless when it comes to promotions and outside, you know, they could start working with ring of honor. They could start working with anybody. It just, it, it's completely different. And that's the part that I think feels truly exciting. I think one thing we can all agree on is they will never work with ring of honor. Um, Considering they destroyed (laughs) ring of honor with their creation as they were all like, hey, thanks for putting on All In. We're out. We, we know about that. Yeah, thanks yeah. for uh, making thanks, us. And by the way, bye. Thanks now. for doing All yeah. In and us taking all the credit for what you guys funded. And we're going to leave. Um, but here's the thing. The one thing I will stick to my guns with for now is this New Japan partnership. I'll believe it when it goes beyond Kenta. I'll believe it when I see it. I still think it's just a Kenta get the title off Moxley thing. And, and because New Japan, especially because New Japan refuses to focus on the Intercontinental Championship, they really want to build the Never. It seems like they want to build the U.S. So this could just be a way to get that belt off of him and, and AEW's trying to milk it. I don't know if it's going to be anything but sure. that. I hope it is. I think it'd be fun. Um, New Japan needs the U.S. exposure, and I think it could be could be beneficial. WWE, you talked about their crossovers and and their um, and it was fun when Liger worked Takeover and and worked Tyler Breeze, and, and that was a blast. And I was glad that they got to do that. Uh, and NXT, you might be able to get away with a few other things. WWE, talk about benefit. Does WWE nothing to cross over 
with anybody in the world of pro wrestling. WWE crossovers are Bad Bunny and and celebrity crossovers and sports <laughs> crossovers because that's where they get benefit. They don't get benefit from crossing over with a Ring of Honor or, I mean, they didn't cross over with Evolve. They bought them because it was going out of business. It, it just doesn't make sense for them to do these, yeah. these partnerships. Bad Bunny, by the way, leading merch seller for that's, WWE. So that's, shop. hold com. on to that because that's the bonus topic that I have just in case because I knew this one might not go so long. <laughs> so let me do this. I'm going to play a commercial and we're going to talk about that because I've got some numbers together and, and I think it's a lot of fun. So sit tight. We're going to cover that topic next. A little bit of bonus because I love that topic. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShot.com. So when Bad Bunny was introduced as the music or, or the musical act for Royal Rumble, there was a whole lot of who out there by the internet wrestling community. Didn't know who Bad Bunny was, didn't want to know who Bad Bunny was. Criticizing the WWE up and down for this partnership with Bad Bunny. And as Derek brought up and, and as I kind of had in my back pocket, so Bad Bunny is is he's not just the top earner at WWE shop for, for 2021 so far. He's the top four owners at oh, WWE shop for 2021 so far. He has the number one item, which is uh, his t- his T-shirt. He has the number two, which is the hoodie. He has the number three, which is the woman's shirt. And he has the number four, which is the youth version. Number five is a Roman Reigns t-shirt. I was going to say Roman Reigns. I yeah, was like, did Roman right. Reigns get bumped down to number five Roman by Bad Reigns Bundy? Is the only person in the entire WWE who can beat Roman Reigns is Bad Bunny right now. Like, that is just insane. And here's the other thing, the other, other bit of, of data. The number five spot, Roman Reigns shirt, did about 65% of the sales that the number four shirt did, which is Bad Bunny's Use T-shirt, and 5% of the sales that number one did. Like, that's just Here's insane to me. I, 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 all right, I lived in Puerto Rico, right, for a portion of my life, and not just when, like, just to give an idea, I've lived in Phoenix, Arizona for damn near my entire life. I have been in this desert for this godforsaken desert for God knows how long, but I did live in the place where I, I 
my parents are from, where my family is from. I, my family is mixed and all over the place, right? Like my mom was a military brat. So she was born in Colorado, at like one years old and was taken to Puerto Rico because my grandmother was in the Navy. Uh, my father is a native Puerto Rican. Uh, there's something to be said about the music and the culture there. And one thing I realized when I was there was that it's just this completely different world from the United States. I lived there uh, for my sophomore year in high school, which was 1997. And when I was there, the only two American albums that were played and were available when you went to like CD places and stuff was No Doubt's Tragic Kingdom and the Fuji's album. That's it. That's it. And they were super popular. But aside from that, like Mark Anthony and other Puerto Rican artists like dominated the airwaves, people like Olga Tanyon that most people have never even heard of. Like it's wild because it's this whole thing, but it's not just Puerto Rico. It's Dominican Republic. It's Cuba. It's Mexico. There's like, there's this entire other part of the world unbeknownst to Americans that loves music and buys all the albums and are dedicated dedicated fans especially when this guy comes from the same tiny island in the middle of the ocean as as us right so like it's weird because fans didn't get it but wwe seemed to know exactly what they were getting into exactly like not only that but i compare his merch kind of like what you're saying on his own website to another popular group from uh rappers from buffalo griselda like uh you know, uh, just this group that has this really offbeat attraction where they have a huge fan base, but yet they're not getting regular airplay, you know, West Side Gun and, and Conway Twitty and some of these guys, right? Like, but their merch is crazy. My friends all tell me about it. I'm in the chat. Their merch is like, goes on sale and sells out in like 10 minutes. And their t-shirts are like $65 and their hoodies are like 150 bucks. And yet they still sell out. Bad Bunny has a black hoodie on his website that merely has 2032 on it. That's it. 2032. And he charges $115 for it. $115 for it. So here's the thing I realized is WWE putting his merch on their website is much cheaper then he charges for his merch and his merch is just as bad as WWE's. His last tour shirt just says bad bunny last world tour and has a picture of like a semi truck. It looks like something out of like the nineties that like would have Kane standing in front of it or something. It's, it's amazing. And he sold it for $115 and it's sold out. You know, that's, that's the thing. There is this amazing fan base that adores this guy. And, Mm -hmm the big deal is is that it's just not an american it's it's not the majority of the fan base isn't in the united states it's it's in latin but, america it's in the south america but it seems There's to other be people that absolutely love this guy it seems to be if he, i mean majority of the wb shop sales come from the united states obviously the us has a huge latin american population and he has just taken off with that group and, and that's what kind of we talked about, right? That's the kind of partnership crossover that benefits WWE is bringing in a person right. like Bad Bunny, who I'll be honest with you, I wasn't familiar with Bad Bunny, but I didn't take this, oh, because I'm don't, not familiar with Bad Bunny, this is stupid stance that so many did online. And we did a whole episode of the Hashtag Miranda Show where she explained 
who Bad Bunny was and, and all this. He's a fa- he's a wrestling fan too. Like he's training at the performance so center. So much. Like not, yeah, and, and it's so he well he's so committed to it, right? Yeah. Like that I think that's the thing I appreciate more than anything. Like I'm Puerto Rican, so I'm going to love him no matter what. I am financially and historically obligated to that. Uh same thing with Miranda. I get it. But when you look at it from like an outsider perspective as to why I should appreciate this guy, I think what you should appreciate is that he came in here more like a Seth Green, right? Like I still remember to this day, Seth Green doing the hosting gig on Monday night raw and how great that one night of him being a celebrity on that show was. And then every other celebrity just was terrible by comparison. He just had a different level of commitment to the thing, mostly because of his love of it. Bad bunny is the same way. I think he not only loves it, but he respects it enough to make sure he's doing it the right way. And that he's not going out there just doing sloppy, you know, splashes off the top rope like Snoop Dogg did. He's going out there and trying to put forth an effort that looks like an actual wrestler, actual fighter, even if it's going to be, you know, him still in the money in the bank belt or uh, briefcase and running away or whatever his role is. He gets that, that, you know, even that, you know, you can't have some co- somebody coming out there like Bad Bunny upstaging the wrestlers. So he definitely has to be like somebody that maybe outsmarts them a little bit or, you know, kind of runs away, but makes them look foolish, just like he's doing. I think he's done an excellent job. And oh, I yeah. think he's really helped to get Damian Priest onto the show with some kind of story outside of, hey, Damian Priest is just here. and We'll probably have him beat up some jobbers or right. whatever. We don't really know. Yeah, I mean, otherwise he's shooting empty arrows into nothing, and things are still happening. And oh God, yeah. Andrew Belaz, who's on weird. on Pod is one of other shows, hated the Damien Priest entrance so much. And the first time he went off on it for like twenty minutes, I could never watch the Damien Priest entrance the same again. Like I was sure I was like, why, why does that even work? I don't understand. It's what is he shooting at? I don't know. Like at least make a hole. Like do something. But. And that's the thing. Like, this is going to do wonders for Damian Priest, who, by the way, is damn near 40. Like, he doesn't have a ton of time. He needs something yeah. to skyrocket him to the top. Like, it, it's he wasn't, you know, there. He doesn't have time on his side. He's kind of in that Keith Lee category. Like, they're not coming in super young and, and have all the time in the world. Here's the funny thing. So, and I called this before it was ever reported because it seemed obvious to me. We're getting Miz and Morrison against Bad Bunny and Damian Priest at WrestleMania. Like, that's obvious. Absolutely. And they'd be stupid Absolutely. not to. This is the second time that John Morrison is going to wrestle a celebrity at WrestleMania because he was in the Snooky match from a few years back. So, a little, little random tidbit about John Morrison and celebrity matches at WrestleMania. And they probably love it. Miz and Morrison probably love every bit of this and working with Bad Bunny and and being a part of it because they get it too. I mean, when once Morrison went back to WWE, you realize, okay, this guy gets it. He knows what he's going for. He's Morrison got it. Oh, dude, you're so right. You're so right. I think that every time I see him, right? He he was a world champion in other promotions. Yeah. If anybody should have an ego about his position and what he's doing as Miz's sidekick, essentially, you'd think it would be him. But he doesn't. No. He doesn't. He's, he just knows he, to go out there and be funny and to get the airtime. And none of that other stuff matters because he's been champion. I think sometimes when you've gone through all that, you know that it's all just – you're just a paper champion. It's just something that someone put on you anyway. If, oh, yeah. if you can get airtime and make money and have fun, especially with celebrities, mm-hmm. like The Miz always attracts and always seems to be somehow centered around because of his you know Hollywood thing. 
that's way better than being oh, absolutely. what U.S. champion or intercontinental champion or something. What does that do for John Whatever. Morrison? That does nothing for John Morrison. Like nothing. he is perfectly right. happy. You're welcome. Being Jonathan Mizdow at this point, like he's perfectly fine being Jonathan <laughs> Mizdow. And I, I bet if you were to really corner you know, Aaron Rex, whatever his name is right now, he'd probably say he'd go back to being Damian Sandow, Damian Mizdow in a heartbeat. And, and yeah. because it was, you know, a money-making thing. And usually it's as people go, they realize, oh, this wasn't the, like, like I bet if you backed Santana and Ortiz into a corner, they'd be like, yeah, we should have gone NXT. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Especially when you're just one of the Three tag teams in, in your own faction, circle, essentially. <laughs> you're the third yeah. tag team um, in your own faction, and you're one of the best tag teams in the entire world. I just want to say this because I love telling this story, and that's the only reason why I want to tell it. But it's okay. John Morrison is the nicest guy. Uh, I put him up right up there with Drew uh, just because of this happened. Uh, I was working as a PA for Lucha Underground, and I was backstage, and he had just had some like new, uh, like, american flag lucha underground like bandanas made and he had them in a bag and he was taking them out and he was like looking at them in a mirror to see which one worked right and i just kind of passed him and said those are cool man and he goes oh you like them i just had them made and it was just it was just that it was the way that he was like this total he wasn't this superstar especially with his you know, pedigree and his time outside of Lucha Underground. He wasn't one of the Lucha guys. He was someone that had been on WWE television and, you know, had a career. He was just so cool about it. He was like a little kid. And he was like, yeah, yeah you like him? I just had him printed up. He's like, hey, this one's kind of big. Do you want this one? And he gave me one. And then we took pictures outside of the thing of us both wearing his Lucha Underground, you know, American flag things. A lot of people, especially when you're working at the show like I was, they don't pay you any mind and they definitely don't give a shit about you like that. He was just a really cool guy when it came down to, you know, just being a normal human being. And I, I really dug that. I feel like every year WWE is going to have a major celebrity involved. Like last year was Pat McAfee. This year's going to be Bad Bunny. We'll see who next year is. And, and it just seems to be, you know, everybody talks about Lil Bow Wow, Cardi B, like it's. Yeah, why not? Both, both of those guys did a great job. So, yeah. I mean, if, if everybody steps up in the way that Pat McAfee especially did, oh, I don't think he's done. I'm here. all for celebrities participating, you know? I think the one thing that McAfee is smart about and knows, I think he's going to keep coming just in small doses because he's not going to, he lives in Indianapolis. He's not going to move. He's got his own ring. Like, he's going to train. And that, that the stable's still together. They don't even have a name. Yeah, but yet they're still running strong in NXT, and you know Pete Dunne's yep. going to main event the next takeover. It, it's 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 crazy to watch and see, but that's all because of Pat McAfee, and he's not even there. He'll be back. He'll definitely. Be. I remember when uh, at Takeover Thirty One, when um, Rich Holland dumps Adam Cole over the barrier, and mm -hmm. and it's like, why the hell is Rich Holland dumping Adam Cole over the barrier? And we go on one of the two shows, and I remember, and I said, okay, let me throw this out there to you. Ridge Holland played rugby. You know who else is a big rugby guy? Pat McAfee. I was like, Pat McAfee's not done. He's behind this. Sure enough, week later, there's Pat McAfee. Now, I didn't think I was right. I literally was like being me because I love the whole Pat McAfee yeah. thing so much. I didn't expect to be right, but when he showed up, man, I damn sure celebrated and did a victory lap because I was so happy that he was back. Like, when he <laughs> pulled that mask off, and it was Pat McAfee yeah. after – Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch won the tag team titles. I, I couldn't have been more happy. By the way, like 
talk about two talents who've benefited so much from Matt, from Pat McAfee even being there. Oni Lorkin and Danny yeah, Burch, like very true. I mean, needed something because they're so phenomenally talented. And now here we are. We've Let's got to again. care. Again, being patient though, right? I mean, it's all about taking the time and yeah, that this now isn't your spot, but you never know when a spot comes up for you. So you plug along oh, yeah. and you do your job, you do what's asked of you, and then this happens. I know that that's not a popular thing with fans about WWE. WWE has dropped the ball on a lot of people. And I mean, it, the, the criticism is deserved. I just think that with their current system, it's kind of like what I was saying with AEW. There's so much talent there. It's hard for everybody to get an opportunity. It's just the fact that they're eventually going to need to go to different mm-hmm. people and utilize people in a different way to do something unique. They can't yeah. keep having the same main events. They can't have the same competitors out there all the time. Eventually, not only does someone become a you know competitor, but they become a champion after a while, you know, it all, I, and, I, and, and it, yeah, it depends on what you do with the opportunity when it happens in WWE. I've said it a million times. I don't think it's come up in 2021 yet, but WWE is a cycle. If you can manage the cycle in WWE, you can be successful. It's a booking cycle. If you can manage the downs and maximize the ups, you can have a yeah. long and prosperous career and maybe just maybe You'll catch on, but being a bit player in WWE is better than being a main eventer almost anywhere else in the world. And and so yep. you know financially I, I and, and, you. and like and our truth Nakamura, agrees like, with you. Oh, our truth is yeah. Nakamura golden. is a Nakamura is a great example of that. He's they happy. finally come back to him, yeah. but he's been well, happy they're the making whole time. him look like a main eventer now. You know yeah. now they're coming back and they're doing the thing. But you're right. I mean, you you, you go away in a tag team that's kind of like you know, not really great, but still they won the championship. So it's not like they were just a throwaway tag team that was losing all the time. They were champions. People have said Nakamura has been buried and misused. It's really all about his personal happiness, right? And if he's happy here, not getting kicked in the face as hard as someone can, like he was getting kicked in New Japan. Like New Japan's a hard place to be. You think those guys, like every one of them wants to keep taking those forearm shots to their neck for the rest of their life? Absolutely not. To get into a position where you can be more of the E part than the W part, it's a great thing. And I'm sure a lot of people want that. I understand that. Uh, It's like when they make the transition from doing this to being an actor, oh, you get to do the entertainment part, but not Mm -hmm. actually, you know, have to catch dudes jumping off of the top rope or get drop kicked, you know, three to four times a week. Yeah, that probably sounds like a better deal. Yeah, they're like, sign me up. I I will say this, though. I want to say this about Pat McAfee before we move on. I respect him so much more after this week seeing a thread about how he got to where he's at. Uh, That dude has hustled since Mm -hmm. he was, you know, trying to get into a college. He literally, like, (laughs) he literally, like, gambled his you know kicker career on a poker game Mm -hmm. where he had to win the money in order to get to this camp and be recognized by college teams and get picked up and eventually got picked up by west virginia it's a great story but man it really just shows how this dude has been focused on doing what he wants to do in life and building his brand since since he was in high school it's it's a pretty incredible story that that he has and Again, I, I think I respect them that much more after hearing it. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. So we've already had our two commercial breaks, so I'll just play this because it's always fun. Dave, it's me, Dave. I know you want to shimmy in the sun with all your friends, but right now, <laughs> seriously, don't. Hang out from home. 
where pants are optional. You can do it for America. What's funny is I was watching that sound by a play and I was like, wait, this thing's 39 seconds long. I didn't even remember that I had his theme song on the end of it. I was like, what is after this commercial? Why, why is <laughs> it so long? Comes up next. And then his theme song kicks in and I was like, oh my God, such an underrated theme song. So it's time for oh, the Babyface Heel of the Week. The Babyface Heel of the Week. It's our time to take a look at one of wrestling's most famous or infamous personalities from yesterday or today and decide how they were better as a babyface or as a heel. And this week, knowing that Especially once I knew that Patrick wasn't going to be here and Miranda not being here, it's just you and I. I decided to hit up and focus on AEW since I know we'll both be familiar. And, and we're both familiar with this person even outside of AEW. This week's babyface heel of the week is none other than AEW star Scorpio Sky. So the question, of course, is whether or not or how he's better as a babyface or as a heel. Derek, I'll let you go first. I think he's the he's a quintessential baby face. I think there's just something about him that has always felt like a baby face. Even part is SCU. SCU had this, you know, I, I know they've kind of gone back and forth, but they've just always had this def definitive kind of arrogant attitude. This is the worst town we've ever been in all of that stuff. Scorpio sky just never seemed to go along with that. Like, don't get me wrong. It's I'm not saying he didn't fit in the group. I'm just saying, him his personality his attitude him as a wrestler he just never seemed to go along with that i think that when you talk about people in AEW, especially when you talk about a level of diversity there's not uh, this same level of diversity that AEW kind of promised that they were going to provide and have out there so i think getting behind somebody like scorpio sky is a smart move not only from that perspective but from him deserving it he, he's an amazing wrestler. He's an incredible athlete. He's traveled the world and just proved himself. I, I, I don't know what else to say about the guy. I mean, I think that at times my criticism of him could be that he, you know, he, he seems a little typical. I'm not even going to say boring, but he's just your typical baby face when he's a baby face. From, from that perspective, I feel like everybody's more interesting as a heel no matter what what their position is. I think that being a heel just makes you act differently, whereas a babyface, you can come out and do your, you know, your taunts and, and, you know, dance to your music and play to the crowd, and it's easy. I think Scorpio Sky definitely needs more character. I do think that the way that they were building him on Dark and his, his record of, of, you know, going on that win streak felt definitely like he was going to be the one to beat Cody when Cody was holding, you know, the TNT championship for me personally, that was the biggest thing. I, I, I almost felt like the air got let out of the balloon a little bit after he didn't, I felt like, you know, they, they kind of built this up and everything seemed to go in that direction. It was one of those times in wrestling where you wanted it to be predictable. You wanted it to go in the direction that it seemed like it was going and it didn't, it was fine. But then they like had Cody drop the belt not too long after that, which that's that was the part that was really perplexing. It wasn't like they were going to keep it on Cody for this super long amount of time or whatever. They dropped it like a month later. 
I, I could be off about that time frame. And then he won it back like that, and that dropped close. it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's, it's... Um, so I, I don't know. I just, I thought that they, sometimes companies don't see the trajectory. Maybe that we see it. Maybe they have a bigger plan in place, but after that, he, they didn't do anything with him. He kind of fell flat again and, and didn't have that big main event push. I don't remember him being featured on AEW dynamite a whole bunch after that. It was just a, you know, a general dropping of the ball. I felt with him as a character. I know a lot of people had a lot of excitement around that whole match for the TNT championship. When it was him, it, it, it just felt like, again, they, they missed an opportunity to make it happen in, in that moment. The, where I, got, I actually go backwards even a little bit further. Um, and I agree with you. He, to me is, is a great baby face. I think he would benefit from doing that whole baby face to heel we fall in love with you as a heel, so you have to turn babyface kind of thing that, that tends to happen in wrestling. Mm-hmm. I think that's where he would be best at. He When he elevated to the point of wrestling Chris Jericho at the end of 2019 for the AEW World Championship, I was so excited. I was so thrilled that they were going to do this. And then his match with Chris Jericho was one of the most poorly put together matches I've ever seen. He didn't even get like, like Scorpio sky needed that 2.9999 pinfall that, you know, Mm -hmm. everyone thinks he won and didn't because everybody wanted it so bad. And he didn't get that. Like, like they literally screwed up with, with how they, like they could have made him a star in losing, which is, you know, easy to do sometimes and hard to do other times. And they did. He wasn't even really competitive and he tapped out. And and he should have been someone that pushed Jericho to the limit, and he wasn't. And and I never expected him to beat Cody. Like I just didn't. It was I was in LOL Cody wins mode at that point, and and still am. Sure. Um, <laughs> and Cody just picks who he wants to push, and now it's Darby Allen. But and and Scorpio Sky is doing the podcast, and he, it's funny because he recently did an interview where he talked about the fact that. He did, said the same thing we say about WWE. It's a cycle. You got to wait your turn. Always be ready. That sort of thing. And of course, it's okay because it's AEW. If he were in WWE, people would be screaming from the high heavens about how misused Scorpio Sky is. He's also older than you think. I love that he's getting this opportunity, um, thankfully. And, and honestly, he may not be getting this opportunity if he wasn't part of Ring of Honor at one point. So it's it's all. And, and of course, it's because he's close with, with Daniels and Kazarian. And Daniels is the, the talent relations guy. But it all works out in, in the end. And I'm glad that Scorpio Sky's getting this opportunity because he is really talented and he does deserve the chance to do that. But I agree with you. I think in the end, he, he is better off as a baby face. And, uh, and hopefully, it's definitely something that can eventually stick for him and that he can, he can do and work because he is definitely, definitely talented. All right, gentlemen, you have yeah. three minutes and you better make it good. We got three minutes and we're out of here. The clock is ticking and we're in the clear. We got... Before we do that, you're starting to say something, and and I want to make sure you get a chance to say it. Oh no, no, no! It's no worries. I was just gonna say it's it's so weird that like you and I both understand that concept of the babyface needing go to go through that heel role where we fall in love with them first, even though we don't want to love them before they can be that true babyface, especially when they're younger talent or maybe not even younger but a lesser known talent. I, I just, I think that all the time and yet they still proceed not to fall back on that, even though they love to fall on all the tropes uh, otherwise. 
it works. It just works for so many people. I mean, look at The Rock. Like, like is a prime example. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, he was a heel. So Everyone many. was like chanting with him, bought everything. They had to do the double turn. Uh, the Rock got so over, and and even Randy Orton. Like, I remember after WrestleMania 26, his turn. He he just after WrestleMania 26, he just came out to be the tag team partner on a babyface side of a team because I was at that Raw. And that was it. He was a babyface. And now, of course, he's doing that's all it took. Heel. And and sometimes the simple way is, is the easiest way to do it. And it, it's we overcomplicate things so often. But yeah, it's because the truly talented people get over on both sides. And and once people start to appreciate you for your talent, you got to go babyface. It happened to Edge too. He was just so over as a heel that people started loving what he was doing and wanting more. And kind of Kevin Owens too. And and you just had to go go that babyface route. So. Three minute I think, warning. I think it would work for Dominic, by the way. Dominic Mysterio. Yes. We can't rush it, but yes. I think uh, we yes. need to get him and, and Ray, like, they should win tag titles at WrestleMania. You should do it all to the point where it's so annoying. You're just begging for Dominic to turn on him. Like, yeah. that's. Yeah. Exactly. Go back and watch anybody who's listening to this. If you have WWE Network, and you probably do, even if you claim you canceled it. Go back and watch Clash of the Champions, New York Knockout. Watch the match between the Dynamic Dudes and the Midnight Express, where Jim Cornette was stuck in the middle. And and he was, you know, mentoring the Dynamic Dudes, which was Shane Douglas and Johnny Ace. Think about that for a second. And, of course, Bobby and the Stanley and the Midnight Express. And he's, he's stuck in the middle, doesn't know what's going to happen. The moment he hits one of the dudes with the tennis racket and realigns with the Midnight Express, the crowd... A, a 1989 or whatever crowd exploded. Like they were so happy that he turned against them and, and went with the, went with the heel tag team. Like you just couldn't ignore it. Like they just went nuts for it. Cause nobody wanted him <laughs> to be with the dynamic dudes. Cause nobody wanted to see the dynamic dudes. So it, it's, that's the thing. Like you just get to the point where you want the heel. If you get Ray and Dominic to be so annoying and, and Ray to be so overbearing as a father that you're just begging for Dominic to turn on him. That's that's when you do it, and you could probably do that by yep. SummerSlam. So, if you if you work hard enough. <laughs> so, but three minute warning, real quick. There's this feud in NXT, and I just honestly don't get it. I I don't understand it. It's brewing, and and the reason why I want to talk to you about this is because of the the you know potential Lucha Underground connection, and that's this random feud between the WWE Cruiserweight Champion Santos Escobar, the NXT Cruiserweight Champion Santos Escobar. And a guy who's about 75 pounds over the cruiserweight limit in Karrion Cross. Mm-hmm. I just have one question for you. What? I don't have an answer for you. I don't even know. I think the Lucha Underground connection is quite possibly the only thing there. Did they even cross I, paths I in Lucha Underground? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know because King Cuerto disappeared for yeah, a long time and, and Cross's time was more towards the end. Whereas yeah, with King the whole Cuerto had thing. more of his. Right. I will say that I think that it's more confusing just based on the heel on heel thing. I don't see them turning Escobar. So is this their effort to try to get Kerry and Cross on people's side? Again, not a character that I feel like sense. that goes there. I don't not a fit character I want to root for. Not I don't even think he goes in NXT. For. Like he doesn't even belong in NXT. He belongs on the main roster. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely one hundred percent right about that. I literally when he went uh, out when he when he had to surrender the title and went off with injury, I didn't think we'd see him in NXT again. I thought we'd see him at the Royal Rumble I, when he'd he'd move over to the main roster because that's either. where he belongs. 
He's like in his late thirties too. Like it, it's all these people. Like like you get shorter runs now, and and um, and it's just you know make it happen because he started wrestling at, at a later age than most do. But this whole thing with Santos Escobar, like, are we that hard up for cruiserweights that our cruiserweight champion is in this weird angle, or is or is he supposed to be the one pulling the strings of of Legana del Fantasma, like? I, I, and maybe they will. Maybe this whole thing will surprise us, and it'll be entertaining. I don't know, but it's just weird. Isn't Two Hundred Five Live still a show? It is. It's, it's where the Dusty Classic. It's where the other Dusty Classic matches tend to happen right now. It's like I don't. I, I, I'm, I'm infuriated by that because, from my understanding, they've signed a bunch of guys, and I know that their roster has a decent amount of cruiserweights on it i i'm not offended i don't think so much by that though because i definitely know 205 live is this sideshow right? right it's you know it's this thing it should just be another i NXT. just think it should just be another nxt show it really should um their roster consists of eight people two of them are the sing brothers one is brian kendrick who's a producer the rest of them is tony knees kurt stallion August Gray and Aria Davari. That's their entire male roster for 205 Live. Yes, combine that into NXT and just make your cruiserweight division for Pete's sake on NXT. Which it kind of is. I don't know what else. Like, when was the right. last time? I mean, it's already there. Santos Escobar defended the title on NX or on 205 Live. Maybe More importantly, once. I just don't understand what this. If you want to look at this feud from the basic, what does this do? What does this do? What does it do? What does it do for Escobar if he wins against Karrion Cross? I mean, there's the only benefit to right. one of the guys is if Escobar beats Cross. We know that's not going to happen. So Karrion Cross is going to whoop him. And so what? Like, I don't get it. I don't get the point of it. I don't understand why. I, it's almost like they just, neither one of them had anything to do. That's really what it seems like. You know, Karrion Cross sent Damian Priest off to the main roster. We're not going to put the title back on him right now, if at all. Probably going to happen at WrestleMania against Finn Balor. And so what else are we going to do? Well, he could just feud with Santos Escobar, who, by the way, is the best thing to ever happen to that Cruiserweight Championship. Like, he oh my God. has made the yes. thing important. I would have lost my lunch if Kurt Stallion, and, and this is nothing against Kurt Stallion, but, like, he ain't there yet. He's just not there yet. Like, no. he, when he did his sit-down promo... For NXT, I was just like, oh, he's a heel. Okay, cool. Because he came off as a dick. But yet he's this baby face. Like, he's <laughs> he's fighting from the wrong way. He's obviously a natural heel, and, and he'll get there eventually. But it's just like Kurt Stallion just showed up, and I think everyone was like, he won this five-way and then waited for weeks and months to have his title shot and then lost. It just, I don't know. The whole thing just didn't, didn't make well, sense. Well, I remember, I, when you say that, I remember, I remember Escobar being King Cuerno, in mm -hmm. you know lucha underground and i remember some of the promos they did of him being the hunter and yeah. it was so different and I unique loved everything King else was there... literally my favorite character on lucha underground oh he was so great uh so mine too and so good uh, in the ring it was these promos right it was like sitting in these trophy rooms and like they just established what his character was he was just a big game hunter and when he went out there and took on somebody let's say like randomly he was the one attacking carrying cross it would be for the position that you knew what he was doing he was trying to take on big game because he wanted to prove himself as this warrior that was his like core you you establish guys sometimes with basic storylines and it's enough 
but you got to make it badass, right? Like a dude hunting other dudes, that's badass. And I, I, I always dug it. Even now, the suits, the Legato del Fantasma, everything that they do is just just so cool. And I mean, oh yeah, for them being this newer faction that hasn't been along very long around very long, they've established themselves very quickly. It's it's just a cool thing to see. This yeah. dude, though, zero sense to me. Makes no sense. Because they I... haven't said anything. No motivation. No, and, I, and I'm sure it'll unfold over time, and, and we'll see. But I honestly, when before McAfee came back and formed his little group to feud with the Undisputed Era, I was hoping they would find a fourth member for Legato Del Fantasma and feud with Undisputed Era. Like, that's what I wanted to see happen. Because I knew yes. that Undisputed Era was going to go babyface anyway, because what else could you do at that point once Adam Cole lost the title? And everybody loves Adam Cole, so it just makes it easy to, you know, he's again that heel who has such a good heel run that people love him. And he's got the chant, Adam Cole, baby. And, and how can you not love that? For all the reason to miss fans, that's my number one. And, and that's saying a lot because there's a lot of reasons to miss fans. Imagine if all this Roman Reigns stuff was going down with fans. Oh, my goodness. It would be insane. Um, but fans also ruin things. I don't know if we'd have the hurt business if there were fans. I don't think we would have given it a chance. But it's, but yeah, I just, I just don't understand what's going on. I hope they surprise us. That's what, that's what I'll say. I hope that this actually turns into something really good and they surprise us. It's a shameful thing. All right, so that is going to wrap things up for this week's edition of the Babyface Heel Podcast. Now, normally. This is the time of the program where I would ask Patrick O'Dowd to tell us what happened this week on Bandwagon Nerds. He's not here, but I can tell you they reviewed the latest episode of WandaVision, and they're they're in their 90s project Ooh. right now, and they they went down their top 10 list of 90s sci-fi movies. So this one clocked in at a hefty, like, two hours and 40 minutes, I think. It was one of their long ones. So strap in, go on a long drive, listen to the latest edition of Bandwagon Nerds, the nerd review this week, because of Patrick's crazy schedule. I have been stepping in and doing the nerd review, and, and so the first week, Patrick's like, we'll do something easy for you. We'll do Ocean's Eleven. Well, then we did Ocean's 12, and now we're doing Ocean's 13, because they're all my favorite movies, oh my and God. next week, I think we're going to do Ocean's 8. So, But this coming week, we will I, do Ocean's I, all 13. I, all I hope is is that the fifth element made it very high on their list of 90s sci-fi It movies. made it That's high. So there was four of them. There's four of them doing the list, and it was somebody's number five. I remember that specifically. And I will tell you this, <sighs> and you will laugh, and I really wish he was here. Patrick hates the fifth element. No, Patrick, yes. you monster. <laughs> yep, he, he hates the fifth element. Oh. He does. Damn. He's old. He he's get off my yard. He's get off my lawn guy. He's so like, if you listen to that, you should go listen to the latest bandwagon nerds. You will be pulling your hair out at some of his, his takes. It's funny. And, and he owns a man. He is all in on him. He will not let anybody, but he is get all. He is get out of my yard. Get off my lawn guy. 100%. This is my yard now. Do it again. I'm sorry. I said I bet it was Independence Day for his number one pick or something. I don't like know it wasn't because it, it's in the top five. Um, I don't uh, think because I don't think in my listening I've gotten to their number one yet, and they've talked about Independence Day, so I don't think that it's it's their it's their number one. Yet. I have this soundbite just because of Patrick O'Dowd. Johnny idiot face. So there's all. By okay. the way, okay, Derek, good. if you that want any of these for your own personal use, you just let me know and I'll email them to you. 
Oh, I will. I will. I will hit you up. If you guys have the ability to do sound bites on your steel cage shows, I and if not, I can teach you how. It's very easy. And yeah, you can have whatever. I I share them all the time. I love when I hear them on other people's shows and I just laugh. I'm like, yep, that's the one I emailed you. So I don't use that one enough. (laughs) Johnny idiot face. That one and this one. I just don't uh, use enough. I'm a not even not so closet Seth Rollins fan. So that's Patrick O'Dowd's update. Him. So funny story, and, and I'll reveal this here. And if she listens, she'll learn. So um, with, with Miranda being out this week, there's no hashtag Miranda show except PC Tony pitched this idea for me to do a podcast with he and I like a one-off, and we didn't know where to put it. So this week's hashtag Miranda show is starring PC Tony and Greg Demarco. So. Oh, wait a minute. What? Blast. That's yeah. not the hashtag Miranda show. It sure is. It's got her music. It's got everything. It's really funny. And and it'll be a lot of fun. Here's the best part. She has no idea. I didn't tell her. So <laughs> yeah, she'll find out when she's like, wait, you released a show, but I we didn't record a show. Like I'll be like, just going to have to listen. So that's what you can expect this week on the hashtag Miranda show. Derek, remind everybody where they can find you and just get, give them something to follow up on and, fi- and listen to. Be a part of Dig Into. Give, give them something so they can follow up. Absolutely. Uh, I'm here for the wrestling takes, obviously, and you can find more of those on thesteelcage.com. We have a whole network of shows, but most importantly, uh, I have a show called Derek and Tim Eat Snacks with my friend Tim, where we eat and rate snacks. It's that simple. That's what we're there for. We complain about our lives and being trapped at home and the pandemic, all of that. So all of that comes with it. But mostly you want to stick around for the snack ratings because that's what we do. We're certified snackologists uh, and it's, 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 it's not who we are, but it's, it's what we do. Uh, besides that, you can get me on Twitter at cap underscore caveman. Uh, I'm always there on Twitter. Instagram is the same, but I am not there uh, nearly as often. So uh, find me on Twitter. Find him on Twitter. I'm the opposite right. of Miranda. Yes. You're the Instagramless heroine. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. No. No, I had to try it on for size. Hero. I tried it on for yeah, size, and I'm afraid I've yeah. got some bad news. Yeah, it didn't work. Didn't work. You can follow me at Chairshot Greg. Of course, follow the website at Chairshot Media. I am on all three: Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All at Chairshot Greg, and all different, right? It, 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 I put different stuff out there, and everybody keeps asking me all the personal stuff about what's going on, life and health, and all that. And that mainly gets updated at Instagram, and I try to also throw it out there on on facebook when i can but it's really um that's the best place to do it is instagram at chairshot greg of course follow the website at chairshot media follow along with the chairshot.com always use your head listen to the many podcasts of course the daily editions chairshot radio a lot of fun as well um you heard this morning derek and i talking some more aew which is a lot of fun too so definitely check those out so as we have it that is going to do it for this week's edition of the Babyface Heel Podcast. I appreciate all of you being a part of it and and joining us and having some fun. So for Derek Montilla, I am Greg DeMarco, reminding you to do what? To always use your head.
comes the big dog. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.